0: Ireland Talks Podcast. Real Conversations.
1: Hello and you're welcome to Ireland Talks Podcast. I'm Kevin Byrne. Today I'm joined by one of Ireland's greatest female vocalists from the County of Galway, where she was recently presented with a Lifetime Achievement Award by the Mayor of Galway in recognition of her impact on the cultural life of the city. I am of course talking about the great Mary Coughlin. Mary, you're very welcome to Ireland Talks podcast.
0: Nice to be here at last, Kevin. <laughs> How are you?
1: I'm very good, thank you very much. Let, Thanks let, for
0: your, uh, introduction.
1: <laughs> let me begin by asking you about the Lifetime Achievement Award presented to you, of course, in your home city of Galway, and what that actually meant to you.
0: Um, a lot more than I thought it had when I got. I got notice of it when I was actually presented with it. um, it was very uh, I got a bit emotional and it was really it was really nice to get it and um, it was nice to get it at the town hall because we used to go to the pictures there when we were little uh, on Sundays yeah and saw my first movie in the town hall and I have a long association with it and um it was just really, yeah. It was just really special, you know. Especially, I think during the lockdown, because it was I had to get a letter from the county council and everything to travel down to Galway, and yeah, it was just all very, very exciting. And brought my grandson with me, and he was just thrilled to pieces, you know. So,
1: and did you get to see all the old neighbours and 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 so on? When I you did, come? yeah.
0: God love me. <laughs> <laughs> I went up to Chantilly, where I was born and brought up, and I went up Ash Road, and. Um, yeah, I, I introduced the, the grandson to a few of the old neighbors from a distance, of course. Yeah. And uh, everybody is, I mean, I, I do that little journey often when I'm in Galway doing a gig anyways, I go back there uh, because there's still some of the kids that I grew up with, some of the women that I grew up with and yeah. men who are all the same age as myself and I still live there, oh, which is wonderful. So I have that, you know, and I'm very, very proud of it. I took him up to my school and. Told him about the nuns and everything, you know. So it was all, it was all good.
1: Very good, and and I suppose life in lockdown itself, because uh, it's it's a different world we're living in. Uh, of course, your gigs are not able to go ahead, etc. Which is a, uh, it's it's obviously terrible. And how are you feeling about that? Obviously, not great.
0: Well, in, in March, it became obvious, you know, I suppose. Well, I kind of thought that it would just go away, you know, after a few weeks. I think a lot of people thought that maybe they, you know. Yeah. But I thought they were going to, you know, when they when they called for the pubs to be closed down and everything like that and all the St. Patrick's Day parades. I said, oh, well, we'll be grand if in about two or three weeks and this will just pass over, you know. Hmm. And uh, so I had, um, you know, I kind of had a very rude awakening then in April and... All my gigs were cancelled um, in England. Um, I had 15 sold out gigs in England wow. um, in April, and they were moved to September, but then now they've been moved again into next April. So um, I also had a tour in uh, Norway of my play, uh, Woman Undone, um, with the, uh, the cast and crew, 14. And then we were doing the Arctic Arts Festival, um, which was going to be, I mean, I was just so excited for that the Midsummer Arts Festival um, with the band, and we were doing Glastonbury, the Gallery Arts Festival. Um, I mean,
1: a fair whack beyond again beyond
0: comprehension what it's done, but it's not just affected. Um, it's it's affected every single person in 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 this in, in the world. You know. Yeah. This is just my money bit, you know. But I mean, <laughs> Ariel is just a special thing because I had the album ready to go on May the fifth, and. Um, I wanted, you know, the whole, the whole Some, you know, I suppose, um, selfishly speaking, it was going to be my best year ever. Really. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm sure
1: I'm sure (laughs) next year will be even better. And please, God, everything will be back to normal by then. So, (laughs) well, let's hope so. Let's hope a vaccine um, comes on the the market and and sorts things out. But we just we have to think that way or I suppose we'd all go mad
0: yeah because that's the worst part about this and i've talked to a lot of people about it obviously and even the the guys in my band they're you know they're in their 30s early 30s and they're all very apprehensive they wouldn't come near me yeah uh, because i'm over 60 and um they were scared to come out uh you know to visit and my grandchildren and, you know it's all a bit surreal you know
1: it is it's a totally then surreal. I, that's
0: why I waited and then then we we had great crack organizing those um gigs that I, I started to organize I waited until um five people could meet you know yeah and then we met out in my garden and I just had this idea that I mean a lot of people were doing gigs on zoom and I was looking at them and people were doing Facebook live gigs but yeah. they were just like Maybe one person with the piano or guitar, or there's yeah. a lot of people doing um poetry and stuff. And um little John Nee was doing stuff from Galway from very early on. Um uh, he's doing his little plays on Thursday night. They're brilliant. Yeah. And I just felt that I wanted to have a band around me. I wanted to feel the music, you know. So yeah. we set up the garden um in a way that we could all be and we can Owen, the sound engineer, measured us all two meters apart. Yeah. And we had those fantastic gigs. and I think, I think well, people have said that they were the first first live gigs with full band and sound and lights um, um, that went on during lockdown. We've had five of them now.
1: Well, certainly, from what I seen uh, across social media, there's not many doing them with bands. And I watched yours; they were they were brilliant in the sense of the garden, and and of course we had the lovely weather back then, and it did. It, it, it was really really nice. It, it was good. Um, and I see when the weather's bad, you've moved into the to
0: the move into the house. You yeah. might be able to move out to the next <laughs> one again. Yeah. Um, the house I I all, I built that. That room onto the house. It's a very, very, it's a very big open plan house. I got yeah. here in uh, in Wicklow. It's, it's not a very big house. The room is very big, but it's the one room. If you're not, know I mean, yeah, the room kind of blends into the kitchen, and um it has a high ceiling. And I intended to be able to use it for work. I recorded an album up here um, with Eric Visser in two thousand and twelve. Yeah, and we brought a studio into the house, and um, my son set up a small. And we, we worked as a trio, and we wrote songs and recorded them up here. And that album was called Scars on the Calendar. And it was always kind of intended that it would be kind of a workspace as well. And when we started to write um, the play Woman Undone, when I started to work on it with uh, Gary Keegan and Phelan Cannon, um, Broken Talkers, they're known as, we, we did it in the house, you know, and we had yeah. walls covered with... with um, words and sentences and, and things that we wanted to write on
1: you know so well, you're you're in a lovely part of the world of course so it's, it's a it's a great place to be able to record an album and th- like the surroundings you have you have i see some of your pictures on on twitter and you have deers walking around the garden etc oh, yeah. yeah some
0: people don't like the deer but i love them ah they're beautiful um, there was a lady who lived here before me uh, elspeth gailey was her name and she used to feed all the animals so they still come, I think, and uh, I suppose i'm I might she she was very um very much of a recluse, yeah, but um i I got to know her when she was about eighty and um she subsequently sold me the house and she moved into um she moved um with, in with a friend down in Wicklow she wanted to to do that yeah uh, she was the first woman who ever rode uh, represented Ireland in horse riding Wow, and she had some stories about all of that. Um, in show jumping, she was, and she was a judge on the um, the yeah. Irish show jumping arena for years and, years and years. The Aga Khan, et cetera. Yeah, she was an amazing woman. But she told me stories about this guy she used to work for, Major Dundon, yeah. who won half of Dublin, it seems, at the time, like going back, you know, 70 yeah. years, 80 years, going back 80 years, he, they had, he had a huge horse farm over on Dundrum. And um, that's where she started as a kid, mucking out and stuff. And then um I had never heard of her and I'm sure never, but we we found like hundreds of copies of the Irish Field. Um anyways, the house is just a little old bungalow and um, that she built in nineteen eighty six. And I just knocked it into one big room, you know.
1: Yeah, open plan, lovely.
0: Yeah. And the
1: the obviously uh, being up in in the Wicklow Mountains and and the Sugarloaf and so on. When when things are bad, I'm sure it's a beautiful part of the world just to kind of say, well, you know, it isn't as bad when you're when you're in a place like that.
0: No, I never ever uh, forget that. You know, I I am grateful to be here, and um, I'm grateful that um, my daughter Claire is here too, and two little grandchildren, and her husband Kieran. Lovely and we've had them the whole time and then my other children are wouldn't be that far away from me you know they're certainly um one lived in Bray and no two lives in Bray and another in um Shankill so you know and my family is close and they, we meet here like uh, we we're all here yesterday <laughs> and it's glorious and had a bit of barbecue and uh, it's just beautiful we're very i'm very 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 grateful they're, to her, uh, they're and all... i don't underestimate it you know i just love it
1: yeah of course and they're, and they're all only down the road from you as they say yeah and you were going to play glastonbury this year was that going to be the first time ever at glastonbury or did you play previously
0: um i'm not sure the years previously but um yeah i remember bringing my son to it uh owen who is 40 now yeah and it was his first big air festival I think he was 17 I think they'd just done the leaving cert and I brought him and three of his friends to Glastonbury <laughs> and got them um parking a uh, gig park uh, parking our tent space in the crew area and uh they were they were really set up you know but it was the most extraordinary experience of yeah. my life and um, it was And I was
1: Um, was just going to ask you that of all the gigs you've done, and you've done many, many, many gigs, but is there a gig that stands out or one of those that you come off stage and you say, I don't think I'll ever forget this?
0: Yeah, that night after our gig, um, because I did Jules Hollands then, and we had to walk like half the way across, you know, the sort debris pre to get to where his little studio was. Yeah. And uh, he, he was down in a kind of a bunker, you know, under the ground. It's a, you know, and I did the gig from there. So, and then I walked back up the hill to where the the crew and the camping was and everything like that, and um, the 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 backstage area. And just looking down on it. It looks like one of those, like it looks like in a medieval scene, yeah. you know, all the campfires and all the lights and all the smoke and the a's and yeah, and so many people, you know. And the other one, I think, really was when I had a few standout gigs was I, Sydney Opera House was was unbelievable. Um, I did that in two thousand and um, I think it was two thousand and thirteen. Um, extraordinary experience to do that, and we sold it out. And Beautiful that was venue, out. yeah. And you know the first time I played in New York, you know those kind yeah. of moments. I mean, I used to dream about going to New York. In fact, I have a very vivid dream about swimming to New York with my sister and my mother, <laughs> and we were wearing yellow raincoats. And it's not a gig, it's not a dream I had once. I had it several times. I've never asked anyone to 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 decipher it for me. But when I when I got to New York to do a gig, <laughs> that's what I thought about. <laughs> And I'm prob- I'm sure I probably mentioned it from the stage. <laughs> and,
1: and were like day sporadic dreams. They just happened over a period of time, or or a short period of time, or
0: yeah. I, re- I remember them uh, happening when I was you know in my teens.
1: Yeah,
0: I was going to my aunt lived in New York. My aunt Vera, she's my godmother, so there was a connection, and we used to get parcels every year from Aunt Vera, and um, you know we used to get a dress every Easter um myself and my two sisters Angela and we would get a, a dress and uh she used to send stuff you know so there was always a connection to New York you know it yeah. was so exotic you know Jesus not so exotic nowadays but, uh,
1: <laughs> anyway don't mention the war isn't that what they say don't
0: mention don't mention yeah, the Donald yeah
1: yeah and you've you've uh got into yoga uh recently as well
2: yeah I um
0: I, I've sporadically done it over the year. I've I've done it over um going back to Richard Hittleman God thirty years ago. Um we had the book and we used to do yoga, it was very exotic at the time. Uh-huh. And um then there was a woman called Teresa Murphy Moore, she did it in Bray and she had a lovely studio, but she lost that when, you know, the prices went up. Yeah. And she moved to Wicklow and then at the very beginning of lockdown, um, she had to stop, you know. So she had the notion and really, I suppose I took inspiration for her that it worked and um, she took a huge leap of faith and set up um, she asked all of her 60 odd clients if they wanted to continue online and um, she set up her room beautifully every morning. And we did yoga for 90 minutes for more than a hundred days straight Brilliant. on Saturday morning. We did a special yoga thing called Bhakti yoga, which was movement and dance and then you lay down on the floor absolutely exhausted for a meditation yeah. and she was doing she's still she's still doing it i'm still doing it and meditation on friday night as well and then i said you know this really works you really feel this connection with her and the other women that are on the whatsapp group do you know what i mean yeah so that's why i wanted to see if the gigs could work you know and um and they they have, they have i think we've reached more than a hundred thousand people i don't know facebook facebook live yeah. accurately what you know but i know the first gig um which we did for the Women's refuge in bray and the second gig for the five loaves which is um for feeding um homeless people but now they're feeding like so many people like that they hadn't been up to until now yeah and then we did another one for the rise foundation um, for families in addiction living with addiction Yeah. And we raised a lot of money in, in a small way, do you know what I mean? Yeah, of um, course. You know, from the garden. And uh, they were you know, they were really delighted with this and the exposure. And, and there was an opportunity for people to donate separately to them as well, which people did. And um, it was, it's, you know, it was just so exciting yeah. to do something. And my son, Kean, who was a kind of, um, well, he he worked as a chef for about a year before all this happened. So he was really so he would come up here on um, the afternoon and prepare all the food and you know feed the band and it was a big social occasion and um, wondering whether anyone would watch the first one or not. Well, it was just like so nerve wracking, you know. Yeah, of course, but and it worked. It's it worked.
1: Cer- it, it certainly got a, a lot of attention. Have you any plans to do any more? Are you going to continue uh, with the? Yeah, online we did stuff? another
0: one last Wednesday night, and um, we did one the. F- previous Wednesday night um I'm I'm, I'm hoping that I have a seven-day <laughs> weather forecast here for the garden I'd really like to get out to the garden again yeah. so I'm hoping to do one next Friday in the garden but we usually flag them for a couple of days on Facebook and people tune in yeah great and- I like everything else people are gone out now and um I'm sure it's going to just dwindle out, but we, we'll we do them because we love to do them, and I'm trying out all the new material from the new album which will be out. The single was launched yesterday, if you can, O'Brien on, played it on the radio, gave us the first spin. On Radio 1,
1: no better, man.
0: Yeah, and then, um, so that's that's going to be, uh, it, the album will be out on the 1st of September and people are pre-ordering it already. Just going on the, um, the few songs we've done um, at the gigs, so which it's all great. good, you
1: know. But that means the exposure is working. The, the online Facebook gigs are working. And I, I being honest, I don't think that uh, the interest in that will die out, uh, even though people are moving back and getting out and whatever. I'd s- still say the interest in that will be there. Yeah, You might as well tell me, actually, about the new album. Uh, it's called Life Stories.
0: It's called Life Stories, yeah. And I put up a little thing on Twitter yesterday, but I don't do Twitter that much. And it got hundred and twenty four thousand three hundred and thirty-seven retweets. Brilliant. <laughs> I think I'm gone viral. And I have um I was just looking at my paper, my website there. I got um a good few pre orders. So I'll have them all next week. It's an album I did. I, I wanted to do I'm sixty four now, and um I'm not saying it's my last album or anything. Well, I started, I, uh, I, re, um, I, I contacted Pete Lannister, who did um, my album in 1989. Yeah. Um, and Man of the World and Invisible were the songs that he had written. And it was a huge production job with Warner Brothers, you know. Yeah. And I had dreamed after, you know, um, it's just really hard now, you know, to do stuff in a big way. So that's why I did the small album with Eric in the house, because we didn't, I don't have a record label. Right. Okay. Don't have an awful lot of money, to be honest, and uh, so I did. Um, a few things happened, and um, my dad died um, okay. in January, uh, to, a year and a half, well, twenty months ago, and left us all a small sum of money, which paid for me to kind of. Um, I just wanted to do something really nice with it, so I I used it to make the album. I uh, went to London and. Um, started working on writing songs with pete and there was a couple that he had already written with somebody else and it was a couple of songs that i wanted to do for years probably since um my mother died there was a song called family life yeah by the blue nile and um you know the way songs people send songs to you at kind of times in your life and you say wow is just what I need. So there's three songs written there by three, um, two two songs written by two Irish women, Carrie O'Sullivan and Susan McKeown. And then I co-wrote six of the songs with Pete. And then we have the, the Blue Nile song. And an old Judy, an old Gershwin tune that we jazzed up a bit. So it was, you know, it was all done. And mostly in London, and the band came over. When we'd be doing a gig, we'd do a track, you know or go down to Pete's studio. yeah, and I did most of the vo- I mean all of the vocals um, there worked with him. It was very easy and, and then the plan was to come back here in um, March. We had a studio books to do strings and horns and everything. and I had Michael Buckley and Freakwood Trench asked to do them. yeah. and um, then that was the end of that. That couldn't happen so um so pete got a couple, i mean it's it's sad that it had to you know finish up like that but most of the work was done so you know the overdubs which are you know things that you put on So he got some people he knew obviously and i was great i mean even the backing vocals um the two uh, my two backing vocalists Franny and violet for years from liverpool they had to go down and do them on their own in his studio, you know? <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Just at
0: the very beginning of March before England was locked down, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, that would have been a big kind of a bit of crack for us all to be together, you know, but sure. Here... And now here I am, all the gigs are gone and um, hopefully um, I'll sell it, on lo- sell it for my website. Well, absolutely. It's very mean- personal songs and, uh, I mean, people are, are liking them already and, you know, it's... Um, it's kind of it's kind of a um, big it's kind of significant for me, you know.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. please God, it all goes well, and it's available or will be available for pre-order on iTunes and Amazon. Am I right? Well, Tell it's me. up already on ah. all of
0: those places. But you, my website is where I want people to buy it from MaryCockleMusic um, it's called Life Stories, and I should have them here in the house um, next week. And um, I have already have loads, and loads of uh, pre-orders. Well, I'm going on about thirty now. <laughs> <laughs> That's loads for me. And um I have stamps and I have envelopes. I have five hundred envelopes. You'll, <laughs> so I'm feeling hopeful. You'll be keeping on post months. busy. Yeah. Keeping yeah. on post busy.
1: Well brilliant. And and the website again is www.marycochlanmusic.com and the album will be available to buy on that on the website.
0: Yeah, is um he's he's working on it now. Pavel, The my former piano player moved to London a couple of years ago. So he is actually I think he's just about finished it today and, um, but people have, yeah. So there you go. So, um, just sit back and wait for that to happen. And, and I know it's fingers crossed and all that, but we have been rebooked for all of the festivals that were canceled this year for next year, including my theater piece, woman undone, because I guess that nobody's had the opportunity to make any new theater, you know? Yeah. And uh, so, Glastonbury have confirmed, and uh, Norway and Galway Festival, and a few a few places have have confirmed that they will move forward next year in as much as they can with with the people that were booked this year. You know, so that's kind of that's kind of comforting and by next june you'd imagine that certainly uh, we'd be we'd be okay you know
1: yeah hopefully so i think we will uh, and it's great that they are given that commitment to bring the gigs forward and so on so that's good it's a uh, like and
0: it's few positive around ireland that are starting in a very very small way and i've asked i've been asked to do the mermaid in bray Brilliant. and the town hall with just like a 30 percent capacity in october We shouldn't You know, so there's 230 people sit there, or 270 or 320 in Galway. So just like 70 or 80 people there. It'll be weird, but they'll be sold out, like, you know, so it's, it's, but it's very brave of them to do it. And I want to do it. So, yeah. And the guys in the band want to do it. We're all going to take a hit, but you're everyone's everyone's taking the hit. Everyone is you know? taking
1: a hit. It's it's a case of I suppose just getting on with it and 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 looking yeah, at what we have. Yeah, doing the
0: live gigs with people there. I mean, and they'll be so excited to come. You know, yeah,
1: absolutely. Mm-hmm. Will I'm, I'm think, sure they
0: will. I hope they will. Well,
1: I I be honest with you, I think when the, when things get back to normal and and when they do, I think for artists, I think it's going to be incredible because I think. A lot like I love live gigs. I know a lot of my friends love live gigs. Yeah. So I think that because they haven't been happening, there's gonna be an absolute rush to get to them and that's what I think when things get Yeah, get we've back all been
0: home. kind of keeping 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 people happy as well. Well it's certainly in the beginning, you know, like through May when it looked very grim there, you know, all the kids we were doing the gigs and everyone was just loving them and I lo- I watch other people's gigs on yeah. Thursday and Friday. Yeah. Instead of watching the telly that's what I do I run Leo Kelly and John yeah. Nee, and also Conlon and uh, Brian Kennedy did a gig the other night. You know, it's great yeah. to catch up with um, your colleagues and Absolutely. see what they're up to, you know, in their own living rooms or how they're, you know, talking about it and dealing with it. So that's nice, you know.
1: And funny enough, the online gigs are like for, for me watching them uh, and I've watched uh, yours from the garden and so on. It's 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 actually very personal. It's, it's because, like, obviously you're looking at it on your television in your sitting room. So it's where a live gig is great. But the online is great, too, because it's very personal. You can say what you want. You can talk about the songs you're going to sing. So for me, as as the viewer, I'm getting more.
0: Yeah, a lot of people have said that. And I, I go back the next day um and they replay it. And I actually answer every, well, I answered 300 comments the other night. Um, i I view them again the following night, and um, I I talk to everybody online, yeah. and they love it, you know, and I love it, and it's it's a connection, and you know, and hopefully that when they feel safe enough to come out again, they will, you know, they absolutely and, uh, will. I mean, it's different for us, you know, in many ways, we'll be on a stage, you know, and you know, we 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 won't have to worry about it so much, you know, what I'm saying. Yeah. So I'm just hoping that people will be able to feel safe enough and relaxed enough to. To come out and enjoy the gigs you
1: know i definitely think they will uh, i've picked yeah. out a song to finish up with i hope you don't mind uh, it's okay. called it's called ancient rain
0: oh of course one of you my know. one of my
1: favorite songs so mary thank you very much for joining me on the ireland talks podcast very best of luck with the brand new album and uh heaven thank thanks so much
0: okay god bless Bye. Bye-bye. bye bye bye
2: Last night we danced and merry-made Under the full moon madness played An older witch danced with me Later he sat on my knee A fiddler flashed his fiddler's grip To hell and back from lock to chin Which was clean, pushed off my knee By one born one day after me We went home with lock and key He left me in the morning I slept on till one o'clock My head felt like a concrete block I drank some whiskey and I drank it hot on the first day of winter.
0: Talks podcast, Real Conversations.